You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, where you'll learn how you can use direct-to-fan marketing strategies to grow your fan base and generate income from your music with no record label, radio, airplay, touring, or press. And I'm your host, John Ojaka. All right, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Musing Marketing Manifesto podcast. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about beat makers and marketing those beats. So this is something a bit different here on the podcast and something that I'm really kind of excited to dive into. Um, this is a this is not going to be an episode that only benefits people who make beats and market those beats. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff here for more traditional singer-songwriters and rock bands as well, because this is really uh, an emerging market. I mean, it has been emerging for a while. It's really um, become, in fact, somewhat saturated, but there is an evolution in that marketplace that stands to really benefit all of us, not just producers and hip-hop artists. And to do that, I've invited a friend of mine. His name is Sean Early. Uh, he's a musician who I used to play in a band with. He's my old roommate. He's the tune pipe designer. Uh, he's a producer uh, in his own right. And the way this sort of came about is that we were having a conversation the other day about what themes we wanted to uh, develop to introduce to TunePipe. If you're not familiar with it, TunePipe is my new uh, platform. It's a funnel builder, website builder, membership site creator, email marketing tool, all-in-one marketing so solution for musicians that you can check out at TunePipe.com, but not what we're talking about right now. And we, we release new themes all the time into TunePipe, and we were uh, discussing what we wanted to release next, and Sean recommended uh, that we uh, introduce a team for people marketing beats for producers. And that was really a world that I was aware of, but didn't know that much about. And that kickstarted a pretty fascinating conversation that got my mind going. And I, th I thought, you know what, this is going to make a good podcast. Sean, <clears throat> you want to you wanna be our guide through this world of uh, beat making and the marketing of those beats and turn it, turn it into a podcast episode. So he said yes, and that's what we're going to do today. And uh, once more, I think there's going to be a lot here for producers who listen to this show, for hip-hop artists, as well as uh, for all musicians who might want to uh, be a little more aware of this market than you may be because they're, uh, it, it, it stands to potentially transform many aspects of the, the music business. So that's what we're going to be doing today. I'm going to take a, a quick break, uh, gather my notes, and when we return, we're going to be speaking with Sean Early about creating beats and marketing those beats. All right, back in a sec. Hi, this is John Ojaka. I'm a former Interscope and Warner Brothers recording artist who gave up on the major label rat race and began pursuing direct-to-fan marketing strategies back in 2007. The techniques I developed worked so well that they helped my very first client set the all-time single-day sales record at CD Baby and land a position on the Billboard charts. In 2009, I launched Music Marketing Manifesto and began sharing my music marketing strategies with others. Since then, my programs have helped thousands of musicians learn how to successfully market their music, many of which have landed on various Billboard, Amazon, and iTunes sales charts, land Grammy nominations, and countless others have used my strategies to generate enough revenue to finally give up their day jobs and dedicate their lives to making music. 
So, if you're a musician and you need help growing your fan base or generating more revenue from your music, then musicmarketingmanifesto.com can help. My flagship program, Music Marketing Manifesto, is currently in its fifth edition, and it will teach you how to build and promote an automated marketing funnel for your music. In the insider circle is my private mastermind group, which offers monthly training lessons, weekly coaching calls, a mastermind community, and over 100 music marketing mini courses. I also offer one-on-one consulting for musicians who need personal guidance or help with any aspect of their marketing. To learn more, go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and click on products and services in the main menu. Once more, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com. All right. On the line with me is Sean Early. Sean, thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. So, you know, you and me go way back, way back to Seattle in what, like 1992 or three or something something like that. We've lived together. Um, We, 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 we started, I started my online adventure with you like 15 or 16 years ago with our little midnight news, paranormal uh, (laughs) news or online magazine. And we, we've, uh, our paths have been, you know, kind of intertwined for a lot of years and we go our own way and then they always we always seem to come back uh together again and and we're working together again on tunepipe sean is the guy who designs all those amazing um themes and and templates that you see on tunepipe which if you're not familiar with check it out at tunepipe.com um but sean we were talking about templates the other day and and i was saying hey sean you got any opinions about what we should add to the the platform because we're always adding new templates for new genres and and uh, purposes you know like we added a record label template the other day we've got most of the the genres covered a couple of times over and he had suggested uh introducing a template for people wanting to market their beats. Uh, And this is something he had been kind of pushing for a while. And it was a market that I was aware of, but really was, you know, not too plugged into. I'm an old school guy. I pick up a guitar and make music that way. I don't shop for beats and I don't make tracks or beats to sell. And I focus on teaching people how to sell directly to consumers, to fans, whereas the beat space is more a B2B market. It's or a, a, a model, I should say. We, producers are selling to other businesses, in this case, artists. So I didn't know too much about it. We started chatting about it. You gave me some examples. You showed me um, some of your tracks that you've uh, added to the right. networks. And my mind was kind of blown um, because there was so much potential Frankly, for me as an artist, for me as the the founder of Music Marketing Manifesto, because so much of it parallels what we do as musicians, even though it is B2B. And it was I did the deep dive into this world that I really was just not that clued up on. And I we got to chatting and I asked you if you would kind of be our guide into this subject. So that's what we're going to do today. You want to start us with a basic overview of what this market is. And again, I know that half of our audience, you know, they, they're very familiar with this space, what making beats even means, but uh, half of our audience are, are guitar players and people who don't, you know, think about production. They don't produce their own music. They're not, you know, they're kind of like me in this scenario and they don't know much about that space. So what is, what is the, give us 
a, an overview, a bird's eye view of the world of, of making beats, setting apart, marketing those beats for just a moment. What does this, what does this even mean? What's a beat maker? Yeah, well, it's, it's, uh, you know, in, in the hip hop world, it's, it's a lot more common, obviously. Sure. Um, you know, there's, there's the producers who, uh, you know, they, they make the music or the beats. They add, you know, they add the drums, they add the bass, they add everything. And then, you know, sometimes it's just a loop. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's a lot more evolved than that. Um, and they make basically the track or a, a sizable chunk of a track that they can loop so that the, the artists can come in and just kind of rap along or maybe they have a whole song done. I don't know, but, um, that's, that's normally what a beat is. It, it could be just a, you know, a four bar loop. It could just be a completed song, but it's, it's mostly just the music end of, of a hip hop track sure. and beat makers kind of, um, evolved from that. There's, you know, there's producers who make the beats and go into the studio and record with the artists too. Um, and then there are beat makers who just make the beats and they sell the beats to the producer. Sometimes they sell them to artists. They sell them on, um, online marketplaces such as beat stars, um, where you can just upload your beats, um, and you can sell them. And so there's a, you know, there's a pretty big, um, marketplace now for beat producers, um, to upload their stuff. And the way it works is, you know, the, the the creator let's say it's just the creator because you know you can be a producer you can be a beat maker you can be different title um but you you basically you can create either an mp3 track um of the whole instrumental stereo instrumental or you can um create you know a high you know high def um wave file um that is like not mastered and mm -hmm. then you can upload that or you can upload um the stems um, the individual tracks along with the the wave file and the mp3 and you can basically upload them and people can buy them for different licensing um, for each each variation of it and you can sell a beat normally between like typically they're like between 15 to 35 bucks for the mp3 sometimes um, normally these are tagged which means the the producer has like a as like, you know, listen to most hip hop, you can tell, you know, if it was a, if it was a beat they purchased normally because the producer has a tag. So it's the beginning of like, you know, such and such on the track or whatever, you know, when you hear it in the beginning or sometimes three or four times in the song, um, that's normally the producer who made the beat. And so that's a producer tag. And so you can buy an MP3 that has a producer tag on it. Um, or you can buy the way file that doesn't have the producer tag on it, or you can buy the, you know, you can, if, you know, if the producer is famous, you can keep the tag on there or not or whatever, right, right. you know, your, your mixing engineer wants to do with that. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's a big marketplace for people to make beats. And, uh, I mean, I, I just kind of stumbled onto it myself. I mean, I'm, I'm more of a, you know, I'm a guitar player, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't claim I'm not a hip hop producer. Really, I've produced some hip hop in the past. Um, and it was really I just kind of stumbled on it by accident. So I really didn't know much about it either. Um, you know, long time ago, I went over to a friend's house and he was much more into the hip hop electronic scene. And um, I was teaching him how to just use some, you know, recording gear and, you know, use some synths and stuff to just make some music. And so together we just kind of like messed around and just made some some weird kind of electronic-y kind of loops and and stuff just to lay down ideas and you know i'm i'm from the old school like yourself where i think okay i got you know 
I, yeah, I think in whole songs, you know, mm-hmm. so I think of, you know, three and a half minute song, which is verse, chorus, first chorus, you know, bridge, solo, chorus out, you know what I mean? And that's my brain thinks that way. Sure. And for electronic music, you know, it's a whole different kind of world. You know, sometimes it's just a loop that goes on forever. Sometimes it's, a, you know, all kinds of different layers of things. And if you think about dance music or you think about hip hop, you know, there's different, it's, it's a different mentality in the type in which they, they make the music. Sure. And so we, we had all these various tracks and loops and things laying around and he invited his friend over who was a rapper and he was listening to some of this stuff and he's like, well, I just, just fired up and let me rap to it. I'm like, well, okay. And he just started rapping to this, this thing I made, um, that I thought it was more like some kind of chemical brothers, electronic, you know, thing, sure. dance song. And, and he just starts rapping on it like it's a hip hop song and he goes on and on and on and he just pulls up some more, pull up some more. And we, he just keeps going. And before you know it, we had like five songs completely done that he just basically wrapped over just these loops that we made. Right. And that's kind of what cued me in on it. I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's the way hip hop works. You know, there's guys who just kind of make this stuff. And if, if the artist kind of vibes on it, you know, normally it's just a huge folder of just different stuff and he just kind of goes through it and it, whatever, whatever he's vibing on, he'll just go in and, and record along to it. Um, and that's kind of where the beat making mentality kind of clicked with me. Um, and I kind of just let it go for a long time cause I, you know, I got married, had kids. I don't really make a lot of music really per se, you know, just in my, in my spare time. Um, but I started listening a lot more hip hop and I started to notice that, you know, all these, all these other artists were starting to evolve and I was starting to actually listen. I, I started to cue in on, on the, the producer tag on a lot of tracks I was listening to. And I was like, wait, that's, that's not, you know that's the same producer tag on all these different songs, but where did that come from? Because I don't think, you know, they just sat down in the studio and just banged that out. And then I started to realize that these marketplaces were coming up like beat stars where guys are just actually uploading their whole tracks to and selling it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because there's, you know, I think a, a lot of the hip hop that you listen to these days, you know, a lot of it originates on, on marketplaces like beat stars where, you know, a rapper or an artist will just go and they'll just scroll through tracks and tracks and traps tracks until he gets a vibe. And then he'll just, he'll, he can just purchase actually, he can actually download sometimes for free the MP3 and just practice along to it. If he wants to release it, then he can actually buy the beat. Right. The licensing is already there. So, um, you know, he just buys the licensing and, you know, agrees to share, you know, sometimes on the distribution and all that stuff. Um, and he can basically just buy a completed track and he can, he can, uh, just rap along to it and mix it and, and release it. And so he doesn't actually have to actually create the music. He can just, you know, what if he's a, you know, it's, it's just vocal. He doesn't have to worry about the rest of it and he just puts it together and releases it. And, um, you know, started to cue in on a lot of the more popular hip hop artists like, uh, like Lil Nas X, he, his, um, big track, um, old town road. I think that started off as, as a beat stars beat. He basically just bought it and, um, you know, did his thing to it and released it and it became a, a, a hit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, so, you, you know, share that with me. Started, that's, yeah, that's crazy. It's it it sort of it, as you know you you would <laughs> would have picked up on it in our chat like it kind of blew my mind as I was diving into that world and I'm a little embarrassed to sort of admit how little I really knew about that world. You know, I come from a, a space of like 
you're if you're a musician you you practice your instrument for five or ten years and then you then you put up notices in the local music shop and you find other musicians and then you practice for a year and then you do a show and then you write songs for a couple of years and then you find a producer and imagine you know it's a long development process i might have exaggerated that a little bit but it, it all starts with my hands you know it doesn't start with my with the internet um and when i started listening so so in addition and we're, we're i'm sidestepping here but like in addition to all the hip-hop stuff which we still need to talk more about there's a lot of non-hip-hop stuff even on the sites like beat stars and you sent me you sent me two examples when we were talking about themes to put together and that's where i really went oh my god this stuff is amazing what i was hearing you sent me a, a, a big hip-hop producer stuff and you sent me your beat stars um page or site your beat site and not only was the the hip-hop stuff made me just want to start rapping it was so good like i mean it it, it there was nothing lacking it was ready to go on the radio um it just needed somebody to rap on top of it and then your stuff which was more kind of country rock stuff was I, I could make an album this weekend out of this. I just need to sing on top of this. And it was, I'll be honest, a little, <laughs> a little depressing in the sense that, wow, this, this, I, I guess being a bit of a dinosaur myself and coming from that world of few people in the world have given as much time and dedication as a sort of pro traditional musicians have that I felt like I had this little niche for myself where I forever have a job. And then I kind of listened to what's going on in this market space, especially in the non hip hop world. And I go, Oh man, like how, how can anyone compete with this when you've got the collective talent of all producers on earth, just about vying, you know, offering up tracks, com in many cases, completed songs, uh, for people to browse, shop, purchase, and finish. You know, why would I spend $5,000 a track with a producer when I could spend 30, you know, on, on BeatStars? It was really, it, but, but as, as kind of depressing as that was to the dinosaur that I am, it was also exhilarating because it was, it, there was again, even more freedom, more access, more ability to compete, which has been the beauty of the internet since, since its advent. Um, and it was, it was kind of exciting as well as I started to look for, for, for opportunities. Now, um, let's talk about that a little bit and we'll come back to hip hop, but let's talk about the non hip hop aspect of this. And, and actually we should talk about the marketplaces first, even so beat stars, we keep mentioning that's the biggest one out there, right? As far as I know, I think it's the biggest. Yeah. And, and have you dove into many of the others? Are there a lot of networks? Is there just really beat stars and everything else is secondary? What, what's the, what's that world like? I think BeatStars is, is more high profile. I think there's some others that are popping up. Um, I think some some of the artists actually started creating their own sort of producer marketplaces. Um, I think there's a, a couple of guys who, the, there's actually sort of producer collectives mm -hmm. that have their own pages where they, they basically just pay um, beat producers to create beats for them and they put them out under their, their sort of brand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, they, subcontract out to other producers to put it under their brand 
Um, That's so crazy. There, so of, you got producers paying producers. So basically, exactly, the producers yeah. are becoming record labels in a sense. Yeah, and you, you can go even more more meta with that. Um, you know, there are people who basically just there are producers who create just some weird loops, mm-hmm. and they sell them as as called beat packs or sample packs on that, the website that, that's about where my knowledge was at that's yeah, the stuff yeah. i know you know and they, they they sell that or they offer a you know they they sort of subcontract that out to the beat producers to use their loops to create songs from their loops and then the producers will say okay you know they, they'll sometimes even charge the producers like a hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks to accept that beat back and put it in their sort of list of stuff so that when they go into the studio with an artist that's in the list and mm-hmm. if it gets if it gets recorded and placed then they they share some 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 royalty agreement or whatever but you know <laughs> right. it, it gets it gets uh, it gets really weird and granular at that point and there are even people who focus on specifically just releasing beats on TikTok for example just so that somebody some rapper out there who isn't even discovered can rap along to it and mm. then maybe get discovered and create a song with just that tiktok 30 15 second you know loop or whatever right. um so it, it gets really kind of crazy and branches off in a lot of different spaces there right um well so so having said that let's talk a little bit about the non-hip-hop aspect of this so yours yours stood out and when i because you sent me two examples and yours is one of the first well it was the first non-hip-hop example i saw and it was really good and by the way anyone can check you out at well, what's your your beat site url sean early rocks no sean early sean early beats.com yeah. got it sean early spell early because i always get confused on yeah, it's e-a-r-l-e-y right um so s s-e-a-n sean early e-a-r-l-e-y uh, beats.com right uh and you have some hip-hop stuff there which is awesome but you had these country rock tracks which were the first things that i heard and that was where i was like as a guy who kind of does that you know americana stuff i was like holy crap this is like this is all so good but you also were charging more of a premium compared to what i see most of the hip-hop guys doing whereas they're like in the 30 dollar range yours was like 200 dollar range but then i dove deeper and i started looking for non-hip-hop stuff on beat stars and i did start to find if i'm to be blunt a lot of lower quality stuff stuff that was more reminiscent of the the sort of royalty free libraries that i'm more you more right. accustomed to sort of um browsing um what what's happening in the world right now in terms of that in terms of traditional artists but whether they're country or rock um uh, any genre really non-hip-hop genres going out and and it's weird to call them beats because there's so much more than beats, but yeah, going into well, think, the beat market. Yeah, well, typically, I mean, hip hop, they, they term beats. Um, I think when it gr- branches into another genre, it's called an instrumental, you know, and mm-hmm. so there's a whole marketplace for just instrumentals, and they can be, you know, any type of musical genre, really. Um, and the kind of my my approach to it was really just that, you know, I'm married, I have kids, I don't have so much time to make music anymore much less try to work with a band or another vocalist or whatever to spend the time especially with the pandemic Mm. it's been so difficult to just be in the same room with people i just haven't had any time and you know i have a day job and all that so i just 
just making music is is difficult for me so when i do have time i just kind of create something whatever is on my mind whether it's any genre it's just in my head i come up with something and, and lately i was coming up with this this country stuff so i would just kind of create a song um and finish it and you know it, it came to my mind is like well you know it, if I can release, you know, a hip hop track on beat stars, why don't I just release some of this other stuff? And for me, it was more really just a, a process of, of completion. Like mm-hmm. I just wanted this thing done and I wanted it out there. And even if I don't work with an actual vocalist or something on it, I can put it out there. And if somebody's interested, then maybe um, either they'll purchase it or they'll contact me and we can make an agreement later or whatever on how we work that out. But I really just wanted my thing complete and 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 done, and, right. or the feeling of done, really. So that's why I started adding my stuff to Beat Stars. So I, I have a couple of country tracks on there. I have a couple of kind of weird lo-fi things, a couple of hip-hop things, um, and it's really for me just kind of to utilize my time and and feel like I completed it. And I started to realize that there's a, a few other you know country-specific instrumental people on Beat Stars, and you know I. I you know, in, you know, I, I do podcasting as well. And so I do some audio production for that. And so there's some websites where you go out and you buy, you know, music beds and all that kind of stuff. And they get kind of cheap, you know, like you go to Invato marketplace and it's kind of, like you said, just kind of standard cookie cutter, yeah. you know, sound effects and stuff. And there's sort of a price point for that. And for me, I kind of really didn't want to fall into that, you know, low budget sample kind of thing. And I kind of really, Honestly, I didn't really care if I sold it, so I didn't really want to sell it for 25 bucks for a beat. So I said, well, I'm just going to price it at, at 200 bucks and keep my prices high, and I feel like it's done. I feel like it's out there. Whether it sells or not, I don't care. If somebody's interested, then they'll contact me, and we'll, you know, we'll work something out. If it sells, that's great, but for me, I just I didn't want to, I didn't want to cheapen my stuff up because, you know, I even though I don't do a lot of music, I feel really connected to it. So I put it out there. Um, and I started to notice that there are other, you know, there are other websites out there where people kind of do the same. And I think I, I, I don't know for sure, but I'd be really surprised. I think a lot of maybe country music, especially new country probably starts off that way as well. Um, I think there's a lot of artists that kind of just would probably purchase a song and sing over it. And I think, you know, with, with hip hop as well, I think it's it's more artist specific as opposed to the producer or, or the guy who makes the beat. I mean, they're they're just as important. But, you know, it's so focused on on the vocal end of things that I think there's a lot of people that will just, uh, you know, you can have the same beat and a lot of artists will completely rap completely different over it. And, you know, you could probably hear the same beat on Spotify and five different artists. Sure. And, you know, the rapping is different, obviously, but, you know, the beat is the same and that's OK in hip hop. And I think probably in some other genres, maybe it's okay too. Um, I think obviously you can buy an exclusive, you know, beat or instrumental, you know, you can pay more for it. But I think a lot of people just kind of want to just sing over some stuff and release it. Yeah. And they want to, you know, either create an album out of it or or put it on streaming or whatever. So I think they really just kind of focus on, you know, I want to get it done. I don't want to just spend forever, you know, meticulously messing around with the song. Right. And you know, I think that's where it came from. And, you know, if, if you dig around for instrumentals of any genre, then you kind of stumble across a lot of different platforms that are more focused towards different types of music. 
Right. Do do we have a big sort of beat stars of of instrumentals or even say country music, you know, where artists are are actively shopping? I'm very familiar with the song libraries out there, but they tend to more be photographers and videographers who are looking for tracks um, to put in their in their you know productions uh, than I am of a of a marketplace like beat stars where you have artists actually looking for for music. Does that exist? I think it does. Um, I haven't really, I haven't done a lot of research yet on just like country, for example. Um, it's kind of on the list of things to do. Um, I think there's also, um, you know, the the thing about Beatstar specifically is it's hip hop and, and trap is, is such a huge genre right now. There's so many people on Beatstars creating beats that it's really oversaturated right mm-hmm. now. I mean, mm-hmm. you can still sell beats on but but what's interesting and what I kind of think, you know, reflects on on what you do with the Music Marketing Manifesto is that there's a lot of producers who um, they focus more on creating their own sort of funnels and their own platforms to to have more exclusive contact with their artists to be able to have sort of private clubs for their own beats and instrumentals and stuff so that they, you know, sign up to their mailing list or you join their subscription or whatever. And basically you get access or, you know, or private access to their best stuff. Hmm. And that way they don't actually put it up on the platform. So I think there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes on some of the people that are building um, their own funnels and creating their own sort of brand platforms with that. And I think there's a lot more success that's probably happening there because, you know, if somebody really likes a producer in whatever genre and the producer creates instrumentals or beats, um, they have a lot better opportunity just to kind of go straight to their, their artists and, you know, probably get a better following of people they appreciate on their tracks as opposed to just anybody just downloading their thing for free or paying 25 bucks and slapping it up on YouTube or something, you know, probably probably feel a lot better about that and you know i think it keeps the quality up as well i think the monetization is is much higher yeah i was gonna say i can only imagine while it may be acceptable in the hip-hop world to to you know be be releasing a track that five other people have also sort of used um i'm sure it's much nicer to be the you know one of the only ones that are using that and if you're part of a smaller community like that where you're following a particular producer or 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 even a co-op of producers you're um feeling that there's a higher degree of exclusivity because there's probably only, you know, a few hundred people in that network getting even potential access to those tracks. Is that a, is that a factor as far as you know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, from what I've seen, you know, I've signed up to just some, some producer list just to see what they're doing behind the scenes. And they're really, you know, that's, that's really where we're going with it. And I, I think that's, you know, I think to, to, you know, give you credit, I think you were really kind of responsible for that sort of mindset of the, you know, the sales funnel and, you know, selling, getting something, you know, offering a free offer to get them to sign up to your, your list or your funnel and then offering better quality services sort of, you know, behind the, mm-hmm. behind the gate. And I, you know, I think when I saw beat selling, beat selling sort of platforms pop up, you know, that really wasn't the case. People were just kind of uploading stuff and just kind of throwing the stuff out there and, and lowballing their prices. And yeah. I think, um, you know, the the people that kind of saw through that started to really, I think in probably just in the last maybe four or five years, I'm starting to see a lot more 
people working on sales funnels specifically, a lot more producers. Um, and that's really kind of the producers are actually catching on to trying to talk about that and offering their own sort of, uh, you know, consulting about that really. So I think there's, there's a whole marketplace in just teaching the beat sellers how to actually, you know, sell their stuff better and more effectively or their producers, um, how to do that more effectively. So it's a whole, it's a whole genre there. And I think also the people that create the loops and samples, um, they probably don't want to be on the the cheap marketplaces either because mm. they want to they want to have a better premium quality product as well. So they're using more sales funnel sort of approach as well. So I'm seeing that in all types of genres and all types, not just the songs, but in the samples themselves. Right. So yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting sort of I don't know what the word is paradigm in the sense that. Uh, with music, we have a very, you know, as a, as a, as an artist who is selling to fans, again, that's a, that's a business to consumer sort of model. And we have some unique circumstances there in that when you go out and you start diving into the world of marketing, almost everything you're going to find is about solving problems. You know, most traditional marketing is solving problems. You find a market that has a problem, you agitate the pain, and then you offer a solution. And that's how most people sell. But with hip hop, you do have that that problem solution sort of uh, situation. You've got artists who need tracks. They want good quality, unique tracks. They want to be <clears throat> stars. You know, they want to be successful and have fans. And uh, as a producer, as an artist, as a creative, you you can solve that problem. And it makes marketing, frankly, I think a lot a lot easier. You just need to get in front of that crowd of hip hop artists who are looking for good quality beats. And we do a lot of the same things. But again, with this model, we have that benefit of that problem solution equation. So a funnel to my mind, and you tell me where <clears throat> I might I might be off base here would be pretty straightforward in the sense that we would uh, take a, a beat, a free beat, uh, maybe even a collection of beats, give it away for free uh, on a squeeze page where people could sign up, you know, get these exclusive beats um, uh, from this producer who's accomplished X, Y, Z, you know, all these, all these bullet points of accomplishments and significant um, reasons why this, you know, to, to have confidence in the fact that this is a good quality um, beat maker get those beats for free that you can use when without paying anything so there's that allure you sign up you get added to the list and then a series of emails goes out every few days uh to that that uh, customer exposing them or that prospect i should say exposing them to your paid catalog and however you ultimately choose to optimize whether it's selling individual beats or probably more likely a membership where they're paying X amount per year or per month to get access to a big library that you're regularly adding to. Um, <clears throat> that would probably be where I would go with it. Uh, and you're peppering in some additional content that is designed to boost your create a bond and boost your value, you know, whether that's a, a it could be a, a video interview with you and an art with a producer and an artist that they worked with who's achieved some success or notoriety. So again, it's not just buy, 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 here's more beats, here's more beats. It's a lot of that. Um, but, uh, but it's also some, some bond bonding, some relationship building, some, uh, establishing of social proof and all of these factors, all, uh, you know, just systematically going out, 
um, and pushing people towards that sale. So if I was crafting a funnel, it would be probably a series of three, four emails to create that interest, to create that desire, uh, and then trying to really close that sale on that membership, perhaps with a discount or some other exclusive thing that's not normally available, um, uh, and, and really putting a, a time limit on it. You got three days to act kind of a thing. And then switching from the funnel to a real-time uh, broadcast schedule where once a week or whatever schedule you personally stick to, you're sending out new music, uh, new beats for people to ultimately listen to, browse, and, and purchase. Um, and again, periodically pushing your your primary point of sale, which would presumably be a membership. And of course, we've got bump offers and upsells and all that kind of stuff. But is that is that the size of it? Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Right. And, you know, there there's um, producer to artist funnels and there are producer to producer funnels um, where they're, you know, they, they offer more exclusive uh, placement opportunities as well. So, you know, you, you sign up to a funnel and you can download a free set of loops or, or, or drum samples or whatever to use. Um, free of charge and then they all maybe have a, a contest that says hey submit your beat and we'll place it with a particular famous artist or whatever um i mean it, it's it's the same with instrumentals obviously but i think with hip-hop you know what what i love about hip-hop just from a, being a marketing guy is i think hip-hop is is the most brilliant marketing in the world just a song a hip-hop song is like you know, there's so much marketing just hmm. baked into it, you sure, know, getting sure. props to the producer and talking about product placement and the the shoes and the cars and, and, and just giving credit to different artists and all that stuff. You know, it's just one big, huge marketing collage, right. you know, and I think the opportunity to have just your little chunk as a producer added to the other chunks, um, you know, that's 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 credibility right there, you know? And so just that opportunity as well. So there's all kinds of ways to sort of mix and match these, this, like you said, this, this need to, you know, you're a producer who just doesn't have any visibility, you know, you participate in this contest or you, you know, submit your stuff or, or buy my beats or whatever and use it, um, or, or drum kit or whatever. And the opportunity to get, you know, placement in one of these songs that's that's going to be you know you know it's going to be a hit or it's going to be you know popular mm -hmm. um that's an opportunity there as well so i think there's a lot of ways to be creative with that that i'm seeing sure sure um well i've still got more questions i, w I definitely want to talk more about this this world but uh, i think this is probably a good point to sort of insert um something that we're going to be doing uh, and by the time you're listening to this, it will be available. We're going to be creating, uh, Sean's going to be designing a, uh, a template, a funnel and website template for uh, beat makers. Uh, it's going to be introduced into TunePipe. So anyone who wants to check that out, you sign up to TunePipe. Again, if you're not familiar with TunePipe, uh, my my listeners, my regular listeners certainly are familiar with it. But TunePipe, it's, it's really a, an all-in-one marketing solution for musicians. It's a website builder. It's a, at its core, it's a funnel builder. Uh, it is a email marketing tool, a membership uh, site creator. Uh, it's um, a split testing tool. It's a, a, a music store builder. It's got bump offers and one-click upsells and downsells and everything that you need to create a 
uh, a profitable web presence for your music. It's specifically designed for musicians. Um, it's very affordable. Again, it's so easy to use. So again, it's focuses on funnels. Websites are great. We all need them, but they're sort of static. They just sit there and they don't really do anything. A funnel is a collection of pages designed to solicit a specific response. So to get people to convert, usually that means to spend some money with you. Um, and it's so easy to get up and running, setting the website aside for a moment, you go in, you pick a strategy. So let's say I want to try, let's say I want to try the, the beat funnel. Um, I go and I select, I browse that category. I look for uh, a funnel that, that makes sense. Um, actually, I don't know if I'll be making a beat category or that'll just be a genre category within the main funnels. It'll probably be something like that, but uh, I'm not really sure yet how we'll position it in the marketplace, but I pick that. I'd click publish and then my funnels created. I'd go through and I'd add my my tracks, my products, my images, my text, but it's just got this really easy to use drag and drop builder. So you just click on an area, you know, start typing and you're done. You don't need to know any code or, you know, deal with some confusing interface. It's all just what you see is what you get and you just start typing and editing. And then you go to the email marketing tab and uh, assuming there there's a funnel a campaign, which most of the, some funnels are so simple, they don't need it. Some funnels are very complex and they have pre-built email marketing campaigns for you. You just start adding those emails and literally everything's done for you. And it can be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. You could have a funnel up and running in less than an hour. You could spend more than that easily if you wanted to, to do something really advanced, but it can be really quick and easy. You can be driving traffic, getting customers within hours of signing up to the platform. I really, really love it. It's been live for a few months and the feedback has been through the roof. Anyway, that's what Toonpipe is and it's free to try for 14 days. Go to toonpipe.com. Sean is going to design a template for specifically for beat makers. I'm going to do the deep dive into that world as a copywriter and put together some uh, email marketing campaigns and all the tools that everybody in this genre might need to market their music. So if you are a beat maker uh, or you're a producer who wants to take a crack at this market and do more than just drop your tracks on BeatStars and, and whatever platforms you work with, if you want to actually be proactive in going out and trying to grow an audience and make those sales, uh, then Toonpipe can can now help you. So go to Toonpipe.com and check out our beat maker templates. Um, and if Sean is going to, Sean's currently got a site set up, but he's going to, by the time everyone's listening to this, he's going to convert it uh, over to Toonpipe. So if we go to what, SeanEarlyBeats.com, we'll see the Toonpipe template in action. Is that right? Yep. Awesome. That's what we do. So you want to, well, you can go to Toonpipe and look at the templates page, but you can go to SeanEarlyBeats.com and not only check out Sean's stuff, but see, you know, what these templates actually look like and how they work. All right. You're going to get a whole bunch of people signing up to your mailing list, Sean, just to see how, <laughs> to see how it works. And they're never going to buy anything from you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> all right. So uh, let's go back to this, this world of beats. So what, let's talk about licensing and how that works. First off, there's, there's the license. And we, we talked about how the fees usually in the $30 range. In some instances, it's more. In some instances, it's less. But how does that work with royalties and, and all that? What does it cost if somebody wants to do an exclusive on a track? 
Yeah, so normally if you break down the pricing structure, um, you know, your, your standard $20, $30 beat um, is a non-exclusive MP3, which means you have, uh, you know, a limited amount of, of plays or streams or whatever. Every, you know, you can, you can create your own licenses for all these. They're all sure, different. There's sure. not really a standard, but, you know, there's a, there's a limited amount of, of physical downloads and, you know, 50,000, 100,000 streams or whatever they want to say, um, you know, and, you know, licensing also is, you know, you can't resell the beat and all that kind of thing. And then usually the, the producers, you know, BMI or ASCAP number or, or name, whatever will be in there to say, you know, if you release this, this has to have my, my credits in there as well. So there's some, you know, some publishing and all that stuff sure. involved. Um, there's also, uh, you know, there's the non-exclusive wave file, which is, you know, maybe doesn't include the producer tag as well, which is, you know, more high def, non non mastered. Um, and then there, well, what know, is they, that? What would that cost on average? Uh, this, like, I think MP3 is about twenty bucks. I think the wave file is maybe fifty bucks to a hundred bucks. Um, non-exclusive plus stems is sometimes a hundred to two hundred bucks. Sometimes five hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Exclusive rights, um, you know, some people just sell it for a hundred bucks. Some people just say, contact me. Mm-hmm. I've seen some exclusive rights for like a thousand bucks to 10,000 bucks. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's uh, just, it just depends on what you want to charge, what you think the value is. But I think those are about the standard. So it starts at about 35 and goes up to 500, 2000 ish. Right. And how big do the names get that we see of producers on these platforms? Um, you know, they, they get big, you know, they get popular and, um, eventually they probably get signed to a label and become more exclusive beat maker for certain artists and stuff. That's kind of where that normally goes. Mm-hmm. Um, some people just stay independent. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of just musicians like me, you just kind of do that, you know, as a side gig because maybe they make different music than their band. I think there's a, the, the band Good Charlotte, I think they're a guitar player. He makes hip-hop beats and just sells it on BeatStars as a side gig. You know, right, it's right. just uh, there's different artists do different things. Um, some some pretty well-known people on BeatStars. Sometimes, um, you know, there's a, a couple of the really big guys who do the the big hits for all the all the big, you know, artists. They're, they're on BeatStars too. So, you know, if they're not producing for a particular artist, they're always making beats and they just slap it on BeatStars. Right. And I think... Uh, you know, other other producers do it well. There's a there's a there's one guy I know who just does nothing but country on Beat Stars, and um, you know, from what I've deep dived in on him, he seems to be doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, probably just some guy sitting in Nashville with nothing else to do but banging out songs and um, just uploading them like crazy. So, I think you know, it's a it's a great opportunity for musicians who you know if they're just writing music on the side and maybe doesn't fit into a particular band or what they're doing. They can always just create a separate business and just upload it to, to beat stars or make their own funnel, um, and do it that way too. So there's a lot of opportunity just to kind of diversify your music making income. Yeah. One could very much see the potential how, if that was your gig, if you weren't so much focused on building a fan base and you were more focused on just having a lot of stuff to throw at the playlists and at YouTube, uh, you, one, you could, you could just produce, you could so much at such a low cost. I mean, even with mates rates, you know, I'm spending a couple thousand dollars a track, you know, when putting out an album. So for a couple of hundred dollars, 
and a weekend you could you could be dropping a new single every every week every few days if you wanted to so there's just so much potential there for someone whose approach is perhaps a bit a bit different and and maybe there's probably a more moderate approach as well which is to actually still want to build that fan base and to want to build that that serious revenue base and that tribe um, and maybe you're not approaching it in such a disposable way but you know you don't necessarily need to go and find that band and the producers and that team you can go and browse those networks and find that track that really speaks to you and becomes a great platform for your your uh lyrics and your melodies um and that that i've never seen it I've, ne- it's ne- I've never seen anything so simple in the music business, and it was in- it was frankly a li- even a little intimidating to an artist that's a little old school like me how simple that model could potentially be. I, I really I find it really interesting and exciting. I- I'm really curious. Well, not curious. It just as, as our conversation unfolds, it seems like obvious that there needs to be a beat stars of country music that really um, makes a bigger splash in that space. It sounds like people are dabbling in different networks, but there isn't one main main hub for for that genre, which is um, in some ways similar to hip hop in that you tend to have vocalists and storytellers that are not necessarily instrumentalists, um, looking for a, a pad for their, for their, their vocals. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it really is, it, it's a lot about the vocalist, obviously, you know, and I think, um, that I, I there's a whole mentality with electronic music as well. You know, electronic music is a lot more sort of interchangeable, you know, I mean, no disrespect to it, but it's really a lot of sort of mixing and, and mishmashing, you know, different loops and different speeds and different, um, you know, mixing two types of things together or whatever. Um, so there's, you know, I think the whole remix sort of culture also plays into that as well. It, it's, I guess it, it's, I, I don't want to say superficial, but it, there's a, you know, it, it's a different mindset in, in people that make electronic and also with hip hop. Totally. So sometimes an artist just wants a track to, to present his vocals on. It's not really about an original piece of music, you know, yeah. some people do and they go that route and some people just want to put their vocals on it and, and show off their vocals. And I think that that's really where it's at with, with the instrumentals and the beats is that they, you know, they they want to present their vocals on it. I think that's really important. And there are different um, different consumer habits as well. I mean, whereas say rock, country, uh, singer songwriters, metal, you know, these audiences are very very tribal. Um, fans tend to form bonds with the artists and their stories and their culture, um, and and kind of go along for the long ride. I think with hip hop, there's some of that, but there's also it's also about just constantly dropping new singles you know it's it's much uh, it requires you to be i think quite a lot more prolific until you get to a a certain echelon um uh, in that space um and so, so it's it's really serves artists like that um i think uh and the, you mentioned ambient and electronic and things like that 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 while there are of, are of course fans of that genre they tend to be a lot less fanatic uh or fan based and instead it's a little more about getting on those playlists so you can get into those commercial spaces that are streaming these playlists on uh, you know, and just loops and, and they're making, um, 
they're generating such a high number of streams, frankly, to be blunt, often as background music. Um, you know, it's just different models, different consumer behavior. So um, w- with the, the latter two, hip hop and electronic, I think being prolific is really, really important. And this this creates a path for a lot of artists to get stuff out fast that's still really, really good. Yeah, and I think it also leads to, you know, the the fact that it is so saturated and it is kind of that mindset of of just kind of remix and reuse and a lot of things. I think the people that really are amazing, either vocalists or or producers or musicians, um, there's a lot of room for them to shine in that world as well. You know, I think that's that's really an opportunity as well, because, you know, there's so many there's so many. you know, there's so many kids in in their bedroom with a copy of FL Studio or or GarageBand, and they bang out. You know, they drag and drop the 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 default loops mm-hmm. that come with the software, and they slap it up to BeatStars and sell it for twenty bucks. And that just it just ruins the whole market. Yeah, yeah. When you know, there's a guy who really spends a lot of time crafting something original and super amazing and they're kind of mashed in there with with the whole lot and i think that's really that's really where the opportunity for sales funnels and things to stand out is the people that are really spending a lot more time you know i mean there's there's fanatics for all types of of music genres but i think especially in this this type of scenario there's there's so much you know quite personally just so much crap out there that people just make without thinking about it because they want to either sell something or they want to be a famous producer or whatever um in their, their own mind on on instagram or whatever that you know there's a really opportunity to really really uh you know capture your or, or i'd say there's it's it's more important to use use these these sales funnel tactics to mm-hmm. sort of capture the people that are really interested in, in you know your craft and i think that's that's really critical here because there's there's quite frankly there's, there's a lot of crap out there right now yeah and, i was yeah. i was i was going to say when when i got i got so excited listening to what's the i don't want to butcher somebody's name what's the producer the rap producer you sent me uh there's Lil Nas X no the producer um the the beat maker Oh, um, um, Tantu. Yeah. yeah, Tantu. It makes really cool stuff. Like, man, I started listening to that and I was blown away. Like, it was awesome. Yeah. Like, it, it just, I mean, just ready for the radio, so much of it. And then I listened to your stuff and same thing. I was, like, quite seriously thinking maybe I'll license some of Sean's stuff and put out some some tracks um, and not stress it like I normally do. Um, and then I started doing the deep dive, particularly into the sort of rock and um, I mean, my mind was going, you know, I was thinking alter egos and like, I could just, 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 I don't know, get off my sort of precious high horse and just create some other personality and just start dropping stuff without the stress of what it was all, you know, what it all amounted to. And, but then I got lost in the, that, that quicksand of garbage. There was, especially <laughs> yeah. outside of hip hop, there was a lot of good stuff in hip hop, but a lot less good stuff in, in rock and, and country. And it would be when you do find uh, an artist, a producer um, uh, that you like, 
it's really exciting to get their new stuff. You just tend to fall in love with somebody's sensibilities. And as an artist, if I found, let's say, someone who did country tracks, because that's more my bag, or if I was a hip hop artist, somebody who's who as a beat maker, as a producer, just had a sound and a sensibility that I loved, it would be quite exciting to be on their mailing list. I'd be looking forward to those emails. And as you say, it would get me out of the the mire of those those networks that have hundreds of thousands of of just any old you know like you said a garage band artist uh in their mix um so i i definitely agree uh that the, you know the funnels are the way to do it and it's not very hard with the targeting options that we have to go and get in front of people who make country music or people who certainly people who make hip hop music um, and get them onto our lists and get them um, engaging with us and get them um, hopefully purchasing with us. Is our memberships the, the going monetization model? I think memberships are, are, are getting there. I think it's mostly just, just uh, being on the list and getting in sort of the not so, not so secret, but sort of the quote unquote secret mm -hmm. club. Um, and I think uh, there's there's the memberships. There is the uh, you know just the the waiting list notification aspect of just you know when the latest stuff drops you'll get it first you yeah, know and yeah. you won't have to scroll through this massive platform and hope that the platform algorithms because I mean just beat stars alone I mean there's you know especially with hip hop you know the artists are looking for. Um, what they call type beats. So the type beat is like a, you know, like a Drake type beat or mm. a, or a, you know, 50 cent type beat or, or yeah. whatever. And they, they actually use that wordage in the title of the beat, you know, yeah. because they want it to sound like a particular type of artist. So they, there's a lot of keywording that is happening there with just the type beat wordage or, um, artist type beat. Um, and so it gets even more, uh, oversaturated because mm. you know a kid realizes that okay a certain rapper is is hot this week so all my beats i'm going to go change them to whatever type beats all just right, so wow. that i'll hopefully get up in the algorithms you know and so that just leads to even more importance of somebody owning their owning their platform and owning their their fans or you know the you know the the producers owning their artist pool because again, it's it's just so saturated out there. Like a you know, you know, a typical beat is on YouTube even, and if you look in the in the the notes under YouTube, there's like you know, because YouTube doesn't really put a cap on how many hashtags you can use. Sure. There's there's maybe a hundred hashtags of just blah blah type beat <laughs> on there. You know, it's so it's so blown out that you really need to focus on capturing the attention of your fans with the funnel. Yeah. Because you're you're not going to have the advantage anymore with that. I think that that speaks to a good point that I sort of take for granted. I mean, and it's been this way for a long time when these marketplaces emerge, just I'm talking the internet in general, Amazon, eBay, you know, everything, iTunes, there's this belief that if you build it, they will come, you know, and if you just, Hey, look, Etsy, I can go and make my crafts and sell them and I'll have a business. But 
all it takes is a couple of weeks on any of these platforms to know that unless you have something, if you, unless you're like the only person in the world making a thing or selling a thing that millions of people are searching for, which is an extreme rare set of circumstances, then nothing's going to happen. You're just going to sit there. If you build it, they won't come. If you build it, they'll go to the They'll come to the person who's advertising. Um, and I think that the the only real path for any creative person who wants to sell anything is to build their tribe, to build an audience, build a relationship with that audience, and then monetize their relationship with their audience. That's where strategies like what I teach with Music Marketing Manifesto and where platforms like TunePipe come in um, and, and certainly... Certainly, I think that's the only path for any serious artist looking to um, monetize by selling directly to consumers, whether whether that's whether those are artists and I called it B2B earlier, but whether they're artists or, or fans. All right. So I think that covers it, Sean. I think that was a really cool deep dive into the world of beat making and um, the, the marketing of those beats. Again, neither one of us pretends to be an expert on, on beat making. Uh, I, I certainly, you know, claim to be a marketing expert and I, I'm a, literally a certified copywriter and I've been doing this. I've been, I've been working online for 15 years and helping independent artists for about 13 years. So I know my way around selling music on the web, but this is a space that, as I said, I really didn't know the ins and outs of until the last few weeks. And I'm really still going through that learning process so we can bring the tools into TunePipe that uh, that beat makers ultimately need. Um, if you want to take a peek at what we're doing at Once More, you can go to Sean Early Rocks. That's E A R L E Y. Sean Early Rocks. I keep saying rocks because you you have that email. Sean Early Rocks. Beats. Uh, Sean Early Beats there we go. Um, and check out a live example of one of these sites. Check out Sean's music. And hey, maybe you're, a, maybe you're a, a country artist looking for some tracks. Sean's got a couple of awesome tracks there. Um, but uh, you can also go to BeatStars and check out that network, get better acquainted with it. It's, it's food for thought at the very least. And hey, if you're a hip hop artist, then you know more than we do. And you're probably already very familiar with this. But if you're a producer, then TunePipe um, can now help you uh market your music in this way without needing to spend the hundreds of dollars that some of these other funnel builders uh, out there ultimately charge anything else we haven't covered sean or need to add no i don't think so i just uh just one other addition is just you know i think that uh, there's a lot of your listeners who probably aren't hip-hop artists they are just musicians yeah. like you and i and i think it's it's an interesting opportunity to at least research um, you know, if you're like me and you just have a whole hard drive full of just mm. songs on various stuff laying around that you don't know what to do with, you know, try making some beats and instrumentals and just trying to go that route and see what happens. You know, I think there's nothing but but potential that could happen there. And I don't think it's hurting anything. So um, totally. it's definitely I think it's growing and it's a chance to experiment. And I think it's really the future of where things are going. So just jump in and, and you know, give it a try. Cool, man. Well, thank you for uh, for sharing your knowledge and walking us, uh, being our guide through through this this world. That, um, I, as I say, I know I know a lot of us really haven't explored, and uh, you know, unless you're a hip hop artist, um, I think it's really interesting. I think the the listeners will get a lot out of it. So, thank you, Sean. Yeah, thanks, man. Awesome. Take care. 
All right, that was Sean Early. Uh, thank you, Sean, for sharing uh, your your knowledge on a really interesting topic. Uh, once more, if you want to check out Sean's uh, beat site, just go to Sean Early Beats dot com uh, and uh, the site we the network we referenced a lot was BeatStars. that's beatstars.com um, all right thank you all for listening if you want to check out TunePipe, if you want to give it a try maybe you're a producer who wants to start marketing your beats with funnels or hey maybe you're a musician who wants to start marketing your music the smart way which is using funnels head on over to tunepipe.com it's a it's a website builder, funnel builder, a store builder, email marketing tool, membership site creator. Uh, it's got everything you need to market your music under one roof. Uh, all right, that's it for today. Thank you all for listening and take care. Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can market your music using the direct-to-fan strategies discussed on this show, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com.